Bowman over the line. Bowman shoots it. Tonight, before the Bruins take on the New York Islanders at the TD Garden, they will hoist Rick Middleton's number 16 into the rafters, retiring his number. Rick Middleton joins us on the line right now. Hello, Nifty. How are you? <laughs> good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. When was the last time you had a full night's sleep thinking about this? Uh, about four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, ever since Cam called me, you know, and told me uh, the news, uh, honestly, I've been waking up like four in the morning thinking, who am I going to forget? Who am I? Who, who do I have to thank? You know, because I've been here a long time. I've got a lot of friends and a lot of people that supported me all this time. Was this ever something you thought about as a player? I know, you know, for example, Kyrie Irving with the Celtics, he's even talking about now how what it would mean to him to one day have his number up in the Garden Rafters. As a player, did this ever cross your mind? No, not as a player. No, that's, to me, it's not something you really think about because you're just taking game to game, year to year, and Hopefully you uh, you just keep going and stay on the team and help your team out and maybe win the Stanley Cup one day. But it really wasn't until uh, Cam, uh, who I didn't know this until uh, he told me uh, just a couple months ago, as he told the equipment manager to put it away about six, seven years ago. So all of a sudden, you know, year, year after year, I don't see anybody wearing 16. And then I started thinking, geez, you know, maybe, maybe this is going to happen one day. But, you know, you never know. It took them, I think, 17 years to retire Terry's number, and nobody ever wore it. So uh, there's no rhyme or reason to these things. Uh, I'm just thankful that it, that it's happened uh, six days before my 65th birthday. <laughs> you were drafted by the New York Rangers. Uh, I don't know what you thought when you got traded to the Boston Bruins, but is it fair to say, had you not been traded to the Bruins, your number wouldn't be hanging in any rafters anywhere? Well, I think that's very fair to say. I'd like to think that uh, I would have gone on to uh, you know, mature a little in New York, be part of the the resurgence of the Rangers because by '79 they played for the Cup against Montreal. It was almost against us, and uh, you know, and then they went on to have some pretty good teams in years. I don't know if I would have been in the mix with that organization, but I certainly wouldn't have played with a Barry Peterson in the early '80s that uh, you know helped me get all those points and our new coach Jerry Cheevers after having done Sherry for three years, teaching me the, uh, the NHL game, if you will, that I was kind of uh, a cheesy's go-to guy. I got all the ice time in the world, and as everybody knows, you, you really can't put those points up unless you're on the ice a lot. What was it like playing for Don Cherry? You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my speech tonight, but, uh, you know, right away we really didn't see eye-to-eye too much. Uh, I was always thinking that I was doing what they wanted. My job was to score goals, and nobody ever taught me uh, that there was other factors of the game to look at. But Don did it by attrition of ice time, which I didn't really like at the time. It was my third year in the league, and I didn't agree with it. So we didn't really see eye-to-eye that first year. But, no, he uh, he got me out of the comfort zone, and uh, 
over the three years uh, and started playing me on the left side, too. So I learned how to play right wing and left wing. And by 1981, if he hadn't have done that, I never would have made the Canada Cup team in 81. When we've been when we've showed a lot of Rick Middleton highlights here over the last couple of weeks, and and Barry did the the great sit down interview with you, yeah. But it's I, I've joked about these highlights. Every time we show a highlight and you're scoring a goal, the goalie's like breaking his stick over the net. It's like he's thinking, <laughs> how did I not stop that shot? You didn't have the greatest shot in the world, but you scored 400 goals for crying out loud. Uh, well, nobody ever said it had to hit the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, some of them just dribbled over the line. Uh, one of the, one of my funniest stories was what, about a goalie, a uh, Pat Riggin. He came to the Bruins in the '80s, but he used to play for Washington. So one night, I took a shot on him, and he caught it. And he looked at me, and went "ow," <laughs> <laughs> and I and I had a few words for him too. But later in the game, I put two between his legs. <laughs> Now, 1982, you had 51 goals. That was a career high. You finished seventh that year. Uh, wait, some guy, Wayne Gretzky, had 92 goals, which seems unfair. But 51 <laughs> yeah, exactly. goals. Yeah, I mean, so forget that guy. All the normal players, you had an unbelievable season. Is is there something different about hitting that plateau You know, to, to achieve a 50-goal season? Well, it, it was always been the, the milestone since Rocket Richard did it many years ago. And, and then they started counting how many games you can do it in. You know, I was just happy to, to get the 51 period, get over 50. The next year I got 49. I needed two in the last game, but I got one. So uh, that's, that's the one I remember more than the 51. You talked about Barry Peterson, my Nesson colleague, but your line mate. What did he mean to your game? You know, it was just incredible. I, uh, you know, I played with Jean Rattel, luckily enough, in the 70s, and, and very similar, and, and Jean's in the Hall of Fame, you, you know, and they just retired his jersey last year in New York, justifiably so. And, you know, great playmakers, like, and we always thought there might be a little problem, and Gary and I talked about that, uh, Barry and I talked about that, because uh, he was a right-handed center, but, and there wasn't that much room in the neutral zone or a lot of time to get me the puck, but I always like to get it by center ice because if i was getting it by the blue line looking back that was hazardous for my health so barry would always get me the puck at the right time so i get my my head up i'd be able to see what the defense was doing try to time his speed you know whether he's flat-footed or or whatever and get to see who it is because sometimes i like to see who i'm going down on to see if i can beat him you know so and then barry would find me in the offensive zone i i'd always try to be in the in the same place or where a right winger or a left winger should be and Barry would always be able to find me. And then I found him because he, you know, he got a lot of goals too. And I ended up with a lot of assists. So, you know, you can't, you can't put a, any rhyme or reason on it because it's just something. It's chemistry, as they call it. We clicked right off the bat. And then to have a, a Mike Kruzelinski, a young left winger on our line that complimented us also. We, uh, we had some great years there. We always thought it was going to last forever, but nothing does, as you know. <laughs> These youngsters like Rich probably don't understand how great a player Barry Peterson was. He was a legit yeah. scorer as well in the NHL. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at, at the points right from the first year that he was here, you know, and yeah, sure, we clicked, and it was, you know, these types of things don't happen your whole career. You're not always put on lines and have line mates that necessarily compliment you like him and I did, and along with Mike. So that was a special time. We uh, Athletes, I think, that, that play in any sport, whether it's a quarterback and a receiver or whatever, 
you uh, you understand that you know, certain people you have a, a rapport for. It's it's almost like mystical that things just happen naturally out there. But also has to do with a, a high talent level, and uh, and Barry had it right from the get go. Is there any player on the Bruins now, or even a player on the Bruins since you left that reminds you of you? Uh. Well, Pasternak, uh, a little bit. I mean, he's he's a little faster. Than <laughs> oh, come on! But he uh, he he handles that puck so well in traffic, and he can stop on a dime, make a move, uh, and he has such great vision and a very good shot. He just sits up on that uh, on in that circle on the power play and one times it. I mean. Uh, I don't think we could have done it as well with the wooden sticks back in my time, but he uh, he has that down to a T. But I, I love it. I love to see the creative stuff, and we when he all of a sudden shows that, and it, and it doesn't happen. You can't plan it. You just got to read the play and react to it, and he does that very well. Barry jokes sometimes that on those big bad Bruins teams, when you guys were playing on them, he'd be out on the ice with a whole bunch of real tough guys, and when a mm. a, a line brawl would break out, he'd had five guys trying to grab him. Because they didn't want to get with anybody else. Now you weren't the biggest guy in the world either. Did you find yeah. that that was your your situation as well? Well, they yeah, somewhat. But I always laugh at uh, about uh, Peter McNabb, who who was a forty goal scorer from the time he got to Boston, and he was on a line with Terry O'Reilly and John Winsick. So the fact that they spent so much time in the penalty box, then he was probably not on the ice. And he still scored 40 goals a year. And like he said, nobody wanted to grab those two. They just grabbed him. So I, I didn't have that happen to me so much. We played against a lot of the other team's top lines in the 80s. And, uh, you know, it was really run and gun. I mean, let, let's see who can score the most against each other. And we, and we usually came out on top in those years. Was there a player or a line that gave you guys fits the most over, over your period of time? Oh, God. Uh you know, you never like to think that somebody else is better than you or doing better than you, and if they are, you got to rise to the occasion. And, uh, but the one guy that I always found hard to beat going down the right side, and, and he wasn't the only one, but and I always said that if I was going to start a hockey team, I'd have this guy on my team uh, first, is Larry Robinson. Larry played left wing, uh, left defense. I'd always be going down on his side when I'm on the right wing. Plus, he had he was tough as nails when he had to be, and he could rush the puck. He, he didn't towards the end of his career. He didn't play offensive that much, but early in his career, he would he could rush that puck. And I got to meet him in the Canada Cup tournament. He was a great team leader, and uh, he was he would be the guy that I would say was was the toughest uh, to play against as a winger, and, and certainly all, all those uh, Montreal teams. It was it was if they didn't have Larry, I, I think we could have beat him. Mm. Final question for me. What did it mean to you near the end of your career when the Bruins put the C on your sweater? Well, everything. I mean, you know, I always said the greatest honor, I think, for a retired player is is what's happening tonight. And the greatest honor for a player during his career, I think, is to be named captain, to be thought of either, you know, voted by either your teammates or the management of the of the team. The fact that, you know, Ray was obviously the next uh, captain coming up after Terry. But, you know, for Harry to, to think that much of me, to make me a co-captain with him, just, you know, even just for, because he knew I had a few years left in my career. It was really nice. Of, and I'll tell you, it was the biggest honor I had as a player. Can't wait to see you tonight. I want to see if you break down, because you're going to get emotional tonight. I promise you will. <laughs> 
you know, I probably would, but they've been on me so much about the time of my speech that I'm, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I, I gotta just got to get my speech in before I get emotional. Let's put it that way. The big circle that run, uh, rises to the rafters will say Richard D. Middleton, 1976 mm. to 1988. We don't call you Richard, and we never have. But we're looking forward Nobody to watching. Even you know. Calls me Rick. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we call you Nifty. That's that's who you've been. Can't wait to see you tonight, Rick. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yep. That is uh, right. Rick Middleton.